Thanks for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at info at fellowshipgj.com. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that by clicking on the giving link located in the description below the video online at fellowshipgj.com or if you are a member here at Fellowship Church, you can give through your fellowship profile on the Church Center app. This will help us continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thank you for joining us and enjoy today's message. Good morning, Fellowship Church. We are so glad that you've joined us this morning. How many of you know who the Son has set free is free indeed? I'm going to say it one more time. Who the Son has set free is free indeed. Come on and come in and join us in worship today. Come on, give a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Oh, yes.
much better when we do it your way. When we follow your leadings and your wisdom and your guidance, God, things go better. And Lord, we just wanna admit we're sorry for the times that we just try to take control of things. We try to force our way. God, your way is better. Your thoughts are higher. And God, we submit ourselves to you. And we know that you are making a way through challenging times and challenging circumstances and that you got us. And we're so grateful for that, that we serve a God who's engaged, who cares about the details of the lives of his children. We love you so much. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, good morning, church family. If you would, turn, greet one another, and make your way to your seats. Uh, for those of you that are watching online, welcome to you as well. We're so excited that you decided to live stream with us this morning. If you are on live stream and you consider yourself a guest or a visitor to fellowship, we'd ask that you would just uh, text the word fellowship to 94,000, and that'll send you some prompts and links so that we can connect with you in the future, offer you prayer, and let you know a little bit more about the church and just get to know you and your family. If you are new in the worship center live with us this morning, if you'd like to stop by the information counter on your way out, just let us know that you're visiting. We're happy to connect with you as well, offer you a little bit of information and just get to know you. Hopefully someday we'll be able to give you a tour of our buildings and, and have a, a gathering together for that purpose. But either way, we're glad that you're here. In just a moment, we're going to take the offering and there's a variety of ways that you can get involved in that. You can uh, go to your church center app and just click under give and follow the prompts there. Uh, you can text give, you can use offering drop boxes in the worship center lobby, or from home you could mail in an offering, whatever you want. There's a bunch of options on the side screens uh, to help make that more smooth. But either way, the Bible says that when we gather in God's house, that we should not come empty-handed. It says, do not come before me empty-handed multiple times in uh, Exodus and Deuteronomy. And the point is that when we go to a party held in the honor of someone else, we bring a gift. We go to a birthday party, we bring a present. We go to a wedding, we bring a gift of some kind. And the reason is that we know as a culture that we like to celebrate and, and give honor where honor is due. And when we come to the house of God, we're actually attending a celebration in the honor of Jesus. And so a gift is an appropriate thing to do. Now you can do a variety of things. The Bible encourages each person, tells us each that we should tithe or give 10% of our income to the Lord and to the work of God. You can bring your tithe. You can also give an offering over and above. But we should come with a gift, come prepared. Many times our gift is worship, praise, service, and those are all great. But another gift, of course, comes with that financial contribution to what God is doing in our midst. So let me pray with you and for you and over your lives. God bless this group of people, whether they're in the room or whether they're on live stream, that you would bless them financially. You bless them emotionally and spiritually, that you would give them the breakthrough that they're needing in their life. God, if there's an idea that they need to, to just get to that next level in an area of their life, God, give them that idea. Give them that insight, that wisdom. God, pour out financial blessings. Um, just take care of the needs that they have. And Lord, just let them see you in a powerful way this week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, here at Fellowship, there's always a ton going on. And so I'd love you to watch this Fellowship announcement video and check things out. Good morning, church family. We're so glad that you're here with us today. We have a few things coming up that I want to share with you. First, 
We are so blessed to be getting our parking lot resurfaced, but what that means for us is that this coming week, all of our things that we usually have going on will be postponed. So that includes 4640 Outdoors, any classes and any rehearsals will be postponed to the following week. But don't worry because Sunday we are still here and open to have service. 4640 Outdoors has been going awesome, and we have some really cool things coming up for our students on Wednesday nights. On the 16th, they will be having an 80s and 90s dance party. On the 23rd, they're having a color war, and on the 30th, they're having a neon night. Parents, please don't let your students miss out on this opportunity for so much fun with their friends, great teaching, and great worship. If you guys are looking for a really great group to get into, we have a men's group and a women's group that both meet between services every Sunday. We have our Valor men's group that meets in the Monument Room and we have our women's support group that meets in the Fireside Room. These groups are always open. You're welcome to show up at any time. Also, if you would like to contact the leader, you can do that through our Church Center app. I'm sure many of you saw the worship video that the choir did last week. This is an incredible group of men and women who love to come together and worship Jesus. We are constantly wanting to add to this team. Things do look a little bit different right now, but we're trying really hard to stay on top of being creative and come up with new, fun ways to keep our worshiping family together and able to do this more and more. We would love to have you be a part of this team, especially the men in our church. We would love to have you be up here and lead the rest of our men by example. If you're interested in being a part of our team, just contact Julie here at the church. Once again, church, thank you for joining us today and we hope you enjoy the rest of today's service. When the heart is under fire Another wave when the walls are closing in And when I look at the space between Where I used to be and this reckoning I know I will never be alone There was another in the fire i
other name but the name that is Jesus. He who was and still is and will be through it all. So come with me in the space between all the things unseen and this reckoning. I know I will never be Well, good morning and thank you all for being in the live service. Can you make some noise for the people at home? So glad to see you guys here. And for those of you that are joining us from home or from an RV park or campsite or from your automobile or wherever you are, thank you so much. We have people that have tuned in this morning from Paonia. We've had people tuned in from Alabama, from Kentucky, from Tennessee, from Florida, from Texas, from California. I mean, we're hearing from folks all over the place, and that is wonderful. And that's mostly, that's mostly because you're sharing with loved ones and friends, whether on social media, telling them they need to tune in. Thank you for that. Uh, last week, the choir special, when the choir was outside and they were all singing that incredible song, Father's House, over 17,000 views of that one song last week. So thank you so much. We started something in here last week, a series called Unbreakable. And last week I began a message called Unbreakable Faith. If you are going to have an unbreakable life, and listen, there has never been a time in your life where you need to make that dedication, that commitment, to say that no matter what is coming against me, I will not break. Many of our people are so honest when we ask the question, how are you doing? Uh, what's this season like? And, and for those that are hurting and, and seeing that their family has been affected or their businesses, their jobs, their careers, companies that they started themselves and, and watching what's happening with those and then not being certain about where we're heading in the future. Many of our people have said, last week they said this, they said, I am at a breaking point. And they were honest about it. I mean, I don't want to be at a breaking point. Nobody does. But they were honest enough to say, I feel like in this season that we're going through right now, I have hit a breaking point. I'm either going to make it or I'm going to break. Well, God tells us you don't have to break. He created you, the Bible says in Psalms 92 verse 12, to be like a palm tree. He said the righteous, those who are in right standing with me, shall flourish like a palm tree. Well, let me start with some things that I absolutely know, with no shadow of doubt whatsoever. I will base my life on what I'm about to say, my future and my eternity, because I am. And here's, here's what I know. 
God loves you people. He loves you. He loves us. God wants to spend all eternity with you. He does not want anyone in this room or listening on the internet to miss an eternity in heaven with him. I know that without a shadow of a doubt. That's John 3.16, Romans 10, 9 and 10. I also know without a shadow of a doubt the only way you're going to have a home forever in heaven is through a personal relationship with his son, Jesus Christ. You're going to have to trust and believe that what he did for you on the cross of Calvary, dying and raising again, he did that to pay for your sins. And when you place all of your trust in him, not the Catholic church, not any other kind of church, not doing good humanitarian deeds, not your good outweighing your bad, not trying to be a better person, all those things will not get you a home in heaven. It's only by having a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. I know that with all of my heart. I also know that once you accept Christ as your Savior and you have a home forever in heaven, that God also wants you to live the greatest life you can possibly live until you get there. He wants your marriage to be great, your life to be great. If you're a single mom, single dad, he wants that experience, that season of your life to be wonderful. He wants you to live a life of abundance, filled with joy and filled with happiness. He wants you to live a blessed life. And he sets you up with all of his angels and many, many of us who are involved in the kingdom work of God after we have been saved to help you accomplish that goal for you, that you might have this incredible, wonderful life that God wants you to live. I am convinced of that. And I am also convinced that you have an enemy. And that enemy wants to do exactly the opposite of that for your marriage, for your family, for your income, for your joy, and for your happiness. The enemy, the Bible says, is set out with one agenda, and that is to destroy you. And one of his great weapons that he uses is lies, fabricated truth. He will tell you what, you, what is absolutely the opposite of that which God is saying. And that enemy of yours also has an army. They are fallen angels that the Bible now calls demons. And it is one of those demons, or what I call the enemy's foot soldiers, that attacks a girl in the Bible in Matthew chapter 15. And as this demon attacks her, the mother decides she ain't having it. And she goes to Jesus to battle against something that she cannot physically battle against herself. So here's a mama fighting for a daughter who's under attack by a demon, and the mama says, I ain't having it. Watch the faith that goes on here. Matthew chapter 15, verse 21, leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyra and Sidon. A Canaanite woman from the vicinity came to him, crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon-possessed and suffering terribly. And Jesus did not answer a word. So his disciples came to him and urged him, send her away, for she keeps crying out after us. And he answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. And the woman came and knelt before him and said, Lord, help me. Please help me, she said. 
And he replied, it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Now, Jesus was not calling this woman a name. He was exercising spiritual semantics. Gentiles in that day were simply known as dogs. That was just a category in which they were placed in. And so he was telling her, you're not one of the lost children of Israel. You're not a child of Israel. You are outside of that. And that is not my priority right now is what he's saying. He's saying, I have so much limited time here. We know this because of further teaching. And he goes after the Gentiles later. But in his limited time that he had in person on this earth, it was to go after the children of Israel. He replied, it's not right. And she said in verse 27, it is right, she said, because even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. What she's saying is, I may not be in the family, but I'm in the house right now. And as a result of being in the house, as a result of being near you, even the dogs eat from the crumbs from there. And watch what she says, master's table. She's saying, you are my master. You are the one that's in control. Then Jesus said to her, woman, <laughs> you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed at that moment. Last week, we talked about the fact, the first part of this story, where Jesus said nothing at her first request. And I talked about the fact that if you're going to have an unbreakable life, you must have unbreakable faith. You'll never develop unbreakable faith until you find yourself in situations in this life that could break you. And in this unbreakable life that you and I are supposed to be living, bending like a palm tree, but always snapping back, always bouncing back from the things that are hitting us, we won't have unbreakable faith if our unbreakable faith can't survive seasons of silence. That's what we talked about last week. This woman asked Jesus for help, and the, and the Bible says that Jesus was silent. And then she keeps talking and the disciples finally say, send her away. She's bothering us. Well, now we got Jesus being silent. We got his team being mean. And that woman still ain't going nowhere. And the Bible says that it was because of that type of faith Jesus healed her child. And here's the, here's the issue that I want you to see with this second point. Those disciples didn't have a sick child. Those disciples didn't have a child that was in trouble. So they could not relate to this woman, and they treated her in a way that did not best represent Christ. Now think about this for a moment. Have you ever been treated by a child of God in a way that didn't best represent Christ, didn't best represent the Father? Have you, and I've heard it a lot, uh, I don't go to church. As a matter of fact, I heard it after the first service. I really don't like to go to church because something happened to me in church. And, the, and what are they saying? They're saying they're offended. Have you guys heard that word until you're sick to death of it? Everybody's offended about everything. Well, it's nothing new. People have been offended by Christians for many, many times. Jesus himself said, and you can even have the answer to this in the book of Matthew chapter 11. You can have the answer if you're not offended by me, Jesus said. So let me ask you a question. Have you ever been offended by God? I know you've been offended by God's kids, but have you been offended by God? Are you mature enough to admit that sometimes God doesn't come through for you the way you wish he'd come through? Have you, are you mature enough to admit that it always seems like God's running late when it comes to your problem? So yeah, they're, they're, everybody's going everybody's to have offenses to come into their life. And, and, and the Bible says she had right to be offended. Listen, 
Jesus was silent, his team was mean, and she survives the silence by saying, I'm not going anywhere. And look what else she did. Unbreakable faith overcomes offense. Unbreakable faith. If you are going to receive the answer from God that you need, you have got to overcome offense. What am I saying? You cannot be offended by God's people, and sometimes when it comes to God's behavior, you can't be offended by him or when it comes to his timing. It is a faith that stays when God does not behave the way you thought he should behave, when God doesn't show up when it comes to the way you think he should show up. He doesn't speak up with saying the things that you think he should have said. He told this woman, he said, I've only come. My time is for the lost children of Israel. So what I have is not for you, it's for them. The timing's not right. And what God is saying here, Jesus is saying to her, is that you are not my priority right now. And the woman doesn't go anywhere. She stays there. She stays with it. It's like, you are my master. You are the one that's in charge. This is out of my control. There's nothing else I could have done or I would have done it. But I'm not going anywhere. And she doesn't. Wow. What a stubborn woman that is. Take a look at number three. Unbreakable faith continues to worship him even when the answer is no. The Bible says she knelt down and she called him master. And he had already said, well, first of all, he ignored her. And then secondly, he said, I'm not here to handle your issues right now. You are not a priority. So what was this woman hearing? This woman was hearing from Jesus, the answer to what you want is no. And you know what she does? She worships him. And let me ask you a question. This is where, well, first of all, this is where weaker faith or fragile faith walks out. This is where people say, and I've heard it many times, that if I can't get an answer from God, if God is not going to fix this, then I'm going to have to numb it down and dumb it down and just get through it. So they'll turn to alcohol or they'll turn to drugs. Now listen, I'm not being uglier and I'm not being mean. I have seen men hurt so deeply I've seen them carrying so much weight where they can't get an answer and it looks like things are going from bad to worse that they'll turn to something just to numb it and dumb it. And I've seen women whose hearts have been broken again and again and have been lied to and and their dreams dashed, at least they thought they were gone forever, who felt like the only way I could get through this season, because it was a season, was to numb it and dumb it with drugs and alcohol. And it just... It, it did numb it and dumb it, and it pushed the problem off into the future. It didn't solve anything. But this woman here, this woman here said, no, it doesn't matter whether you tell me no or whether you tell me yes. I am a worshiper of you for the rest of my life on this planet. I have nowhere else to go. I have nowhere I can turn to. I will worship you not just through the times you bless me, but I will worship you through the times that you tell me no. And if you want to know what kind of worship attracts the attention and grabs hold of the very heart of Jesus, it is the worship of him after the contract of the house falls through. 
It is someone who worships him after the position for the job is given to somebody else. It is someone who continues to worship him when that person you've been pouring into still walks out of your life. It is that individual who sees loss or who sees confusion or sees something that they work for. Listen, this little girl represented that whole woman's life. She gave life to this daughter. It's a, her, that daughter is a metaphor for life, and her life was dying. Her life was going away. You put life into a business that you feel is going away, life into a family, life into an economy, life into a future, and when you see these things crumbling around you, the question is, will your fragile faith cause you to walk away and say, God's not paying attention? He doesn't know my problem. He doesn't see me. He doesn't understand my need or, need, or worse than that, he does not care. Or will you be the kind of child of God that said, my will is not to manipulate your will. My will is to love you and be committed to you with the very last breath I breathe no matter what. And Jesus had a history with his people you take a look at God's people in the New Old Testament, you'll find that many times God would answer their need, answer their request, rescue them, pull them out of a situation they shouldn't have been in, bless them, set them up with new land, do this for them. And God's people, because they didn't like one little thing, would go back to complaining and then turn to worshiping an idol over God. And Jesus is like, really? I'm going to give you 10 yeses and I tell you no one time and you're done with me? And this woman said, I'll never be done with you. So even when the answer is no, even when my daughter remains sick, even when you tell me I'm not a priority and you're not here for me, you are my master, you are my God, you are in control and I'm not, and I'm still not going anywhere. And the Bible says Jesus answered her request. He blessed her and immediately her daughter was healed. Now I want you to know that you can see in this woman's life that she did not have a sense of entitlement. She didn't come to Jesus and say, you owe me this. You owe my daughter this. She's just a child. Why, didn't you, why did you let this happen to start? No, she didn't say any of that because she did not want to have a discussion with Jesus about what she was owed. She knew that God knew her. She knew that God knew everything about her. And, and she had the same attitude that you and I should have today. And that is anything that God gives me today, I didn't deserve it. And however long he allows me to keep it, I didn't even deserve to keep it that long. Because I'm not entitled to any of it. But my trust and my faith is in the love that God has for me that I do not deserve. And that led to the fourth point that I want you to see. Unbreakable faith expects to be the exception. Unbreakable faith expects to be the exception. Jesus said, I'm going to make an exception for you. And I don't know what everybody else's story is with God, but this woman had a relationship with her heavenly father that broke all the rules, took away the percentages. The numbers didn't matter anymore. And if you have that type of relationship with God, it doesn't matter how old you are. doesn't matter what your age, what your stage, what you've gone through, how many times your heart's been broken, whether or not you think that your dream is ever going to come through. 
Because the percentages say this, and if you're age this or you're age that, then you're probably not going to have this and you're probably not going to have that. What everybody else is forgetting and what all the percentages and chances are saying forgets this. You have a personal relationship with an almighty God. So your chance of your life snapping back or bouncing back is 100% based on you being the exception to everybody else's experience. An unbreakable faith says, I don't care what you say. I don't care what I've read. I don't care what the percentages are. I don't care what everybody else thinks could happen, should happen. I don't care what my family members think. I have a personal relationship with God, and he can go against all of it and make my dreams come true. Here's what you need to understand. She believed with all of her life, and all of her heart, and all of her future, that when Jesus showed up, and when Jesus acted, she could have everything back. When Jesus shows up, he'll make it up. There you go, there you go. When Jesus shows up, he'll make it up. But you can't walk out on him because he's silent, because the answer is no right now. You can't walk out on him because you begin to believe that it's never going to happen to you because it's never happened to somebody else like you. You have to always believe that you're the exception because of your relationship with him. Now, last week when I asked you all if you would to raise your hand if you were going through a time where you felt like you were really at a breaking point. And one of the things that has been so wonderful about this season, and I don't like a lot of things about it. I really don't like anything about it. (laughs) But one of the things I think is a little wonderful in the midst of it is this. Um, We've had the opportunity to minister and connect with people more one-on-one than probably ever. I mean, doing services, everybody's here, and people are leaving, and you're talking to people just on the fly, and you're getting kind of surface-level communication with folks, and you, you know, and that kind of thing. Well, we've been, we've been able to text a lot of people, and email, and social media, and, and message, and phone calls, where we don't have everybody together. There's been a little bit more intimacy when it comes to the communication of the people when we are with them. Does that make sense? And in that communication, I hear different stories. First of all, I hear stories of people saying, I wouldn't even know there's a virus out there if it weren't for the time I have to go into a restaurant or a store and put on a mask. I mean, because their life's being blessed, business is good, economy's good for them, things are rolling for them, and they're doing great. And then I hear the other stories of loss, of jobs, of income, of of having to lay employees off that they loved and who helped them build that company and how their heart is broken from all that. And then I hear the strain that is happening inside of homes and marriages. They were so solid and everything was so good and then there's quarantine and then is school gonna happen and who's staying home with the kids? Who's giving up their income to be, if we've gotta do this? And then the what ifs of who's gonna get in office and then what's gonna happen and are there gonna be more mandates? Things don't feel right, it's kinda weird. Things. And, all this, and, and the toll that that's taken on marriages and on families, solid marriages and solid families. And then last week I asked the question, how many of you feel like you're at a breaking point? And everybody's heads were bowed. 
And you wouldn't believe the amount of hands that went up. Solid, born again, loving God, worshiping Christians in a live service. And then we hear all kind of comments from people online, things like that. And I want to tell you what I have told so many by looking them in the eyes across from a table. And please hear me. What I'm about to say is going to sound flippant. And what I'm about to say is easy to say. It is incredibly difficult to do in some situations. But I promise you that if you'll let me, I will help you through this. If you will let your church family, if you'll stay with us online, we'll go together through this difficult season. And we will maneuver and we will navigate through everything else that comes our way and still live the greatest life you could possibly live till you get to heaven. But this is what we're going to have to do. Just keep going. Just keep going. Wake up tomorrow morning and put your clothes on and take a step over here and open the blinds. Get a cup of coffee and enjoy the sunrise. Make that phone call, send that encouraging text, answer that person back. Reach out to somebody that you know is hurting, go to work that day and represent Christ. And live your life, brokenhearted lady, listen, expecting to be the exception. Live your life, man of God, expecting to be the exception. Well, everybody else, it doesn't matter what everybody else is doing. You, my child of God, can have an unbreakable life if you will have unbreakable God, I'm not going anywhere kind of faith until your answer comes. There you go. Love y'all. See ya. Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You can do that right now. I just wanna encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord, that you died on a cross for my sins, and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I ask you now to be my savior, to guide my life, and to give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this in your precious son, Jesus Christ's name, amen. If you just prayed this prayer for the first time, or if you need prayer, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY or at prayer at fellowshipgj.com. If this was your first time experiencing Fellowship Church, please click on the first time link located in the description below the video. Thanks again. We hope to see you next week for our online services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m.